0: So we're in this more series, 2020 Vision, and the whole heart and idea behind this is where do do we believe New City, where God wants New City to be by the year 2020? And over the past uh, two weeks, today will be week three, I've been given our 2020 vision statements, kind of our outcomes. Now, if you're here and you would kind of qualify yourself as a visitor or someone who's just checking us out, here's what I would love for you to listen to, okay? This is the church that we're aim this is how we're kind of uh, aiming our arrow, what we're choosing to be over the next three years. And if these things don't excite you, if these things aren't deal, uh, or ideas that you go, yeah, I'm really passionate about that or that's something I can get behind, it's a great indicator that over the next three years you may be miserable here. Right Now, I say that because I think these four things that we're laying out, today will be the, number th- the third one. Are, if, I'm, if I was looking for a church body, I'm looking for a church that has these kind of identifiers. This is what, how we came to this. The elders got together several months back. Oh, wait, I forgot something. I already forgot something, and I was waiting because I saw my daughters writing their names on the row sheet because they take forever to write, and so I was waiting for them to finish, right? But we're going to pilot something right now that's a little different, okay? Several of you have requested this, so we're going to do it. We're going to pass the row sheet back down the aisle and let you see who you're sitting beside, okay? And that's how we're going to do handshake this morning. We're not going to ask you to get up and go to the back row or the front row. Just take, two, take 20 seconds, and look past that roll sheet back down, and just introduce yourself to the person sitting beside you. If you don't know who they are, just tell them, or tell them something that you're thankful for this morning. Let's do, let's do that. That's a little different way to kind of accomplish the same thing, right? At least you know who you're sitting beside. Now, if you hated that, write it on a connect card. Like I said, we pilot it. We're just trying. We're just trying to give. Because some, like, I'm not a big get up and go shake hands everywhere kind of guy. And let me surprise you. I know everybody thinks I'm a big hugger. I'm not. Um, But, uh, but like, some of the feedback I've gotten is if first or second time guests are here and they came alone. And nobody comes and shakes their hand even when they're told to do that. It's kind of a lonely feeling, right? And so, um, which gets to our outcomes, right? And so, um, the elders got together. This is where I hit pause a minute ago. The elders got together several months back and we said, what do we currently see God doing that we think he wants to do more of? Right? What do we see God doing that we think he wants to do more of? And our first outcome was this, and it's there on your bulletin, uh, that by 2020, we will know every person who attends New City Church and they will know they are known. That's, that's the hope, right? That by the year 2020, that we're going to not only know your name, our heart is that we know you, where you are, what's going on in your life, how we can pray for you, how we can challenge you. Listen, you're going to be challenged in this church. You just need to be aware of that. I was just sharing with a member earlier today, everybody is all about following Jesus as long as it requires everybody else to do so. All right? And sometimes, man, when Jesus steps on our toes, it hurts. But, man, you're gonna be, we're going to know you, and we're going to be uh, in your corner. Number two right, is we will be a church that makes disciples, that makes disciples, that makes disciples. This is something that, we're, that we're, we're focused on, and I didn't stutter, right? It's three on purpose. The only way that we become a church who makes disciples, that will make disciples, that can make disciples, is if we have a process for people to follow and to walk in. Today, I want to share with you our third outcome for 2020, which is we will be a church made up of extremely generous people. We're going to be a church made up of extremely generous people. And if you're coming into this body and you wouldn't identify yourself as an extremely generous person, I'd just love to just really quick ask you this question. I want you to think of somebody in your life that you would identify as extremely generous. And what do they look like? The people I think about are typically smiling and enjoying life. It's fun to bless and, and, and be like that with people. So we want to be a church made up of extremely generous people. So... How are we helping us in that? How are we, how are we getting there? So I want, to tell, I want to define our current reality. So this morning, I'm going to share with you so far this year in 2016 how New City Church has been generous. Now, a lot of this is going to uh, revolve around some dollars, right? But it's also going to have to factor in our time and our talents, which are really hard to gauge. So let's start with this. In your bulletin, I put in there plus one to, 123 equals 455. Plus 123 equals 455. A year ago, I went to Chiang Mai, Thailand, then caught a flight to Udantani, and then an hour bus ride further north to a place that I can't pronounce. And some missionaries from the country of Laos, a persecuted country, 80, uh, I think it was 81 leaders, men and women, had crossed into Thailand from the, the Laos border for a little conference that I was just a part of, right? And from that, we, we had the opportunity or a need was made known to our church that we could, we could be a financial contributor back to these missionaries in Laos. And at the time, um, they had already planted a series of churches. Now, their churches don't look like this because they're not allowed to do that there, okay? Their churches look like house churches, but their houses don't look like your houses, I don't know if you think that your house is in bad shape. I'm about to show you some stuff in a second. Your house is not in bad shape, right? You might have had a hard time getting to church this this morning. You you didn't have a hard time getting to church this morning. But we invested as a church body $10,000 into this ministry. And with that $10,000 over the past year, they have planted and started another 123 churches. Is that not fantastic? We did that. 123 uh, churches have been planted. Get this, 500 baptisms this year. Is that not crazy? Fantastic, right? 500. Right, so, hey, Doreen, welcome back to Shawnee from L.A. Also, awesome, so you come in. I'm thankful that you're here today. So over the last two years, just since we've been involved with these folks, 455 house churches have been going on. Is that cool? I want to show you some pictures of these guys real quick. Kinda, so this is them meeting in a house church. And so uh, what you see, you see the guy with the, uh, the, the uh, camouflage jacket and then the red thing around his neck? Those are what they call administrators. We might call them like pastors. Um, they, they just have different titles. And those are the men who travel around and they meet with these different house churches all along the area. And so they might, they might oversee 20 to 30 house churches of each person. And here's another picture of them praying over, um, praying over a, a, a guy who was accepting Jesus and, and asking for prayer. Because once you accept Jesus in that culture, uh, because it's not the popular thing to do, you are now pushed away right? And so the the tribal chief of that area, could, if he chose to, could say, no one else are friends with his family anymore. Nobody's going to trade with them. Nobody's going to work with them. Nobody's going to buy or sell from them. And so they get, they, they could be surrounded by people and completely alone. Here's how they get to work, right? So by giving uh, that money, we were able to help buy their motorbikes because that's how they get to, to and from. Now, I'm sure that was a rainy, wet day, right? Makes for a great picture. But here's another one of just kind of what he was getting through that day. Kind of a and so they just travel, travel from uh, bike, you know, from from uh, tribe to tribe, uh, from little town to little town, uh, preaching the gospel and, and meeting needs. And here's how they do baptisms. They don't have a, hoted, a heated uh, uh, little hot tub up front, right? They're in a river. And uh, I love the fact that there's two little kids getting baptized there. And here's another picture of everybody praying over. And if you look up in the top left, there's a naked kid. I just spotted that this morning. Yeah. Awesome. There you go. There you go. But that's fun. Can we can we just together say thank you, God? Thank you, God. See now this is really good today, because I'm gonna give you opportunities to do this. We think these things all the time. We think thankful thoughts, but today we're gonna say them. Okay? So we're gonna practice. Words are powerful. Can we say thank you, God? Thank Thank you, God. 15, that's right. I know Hallelujah from Tammy. I like it. $15,000. This year, we completed our three-year uh, gift of $15,000 to Vertical Church. as a church plant in Merriam. And so what that means is over the past three years, we've been giving fifteen grand to them. And so $45,000 over the last three years, we've given to a local church plant in Merriam. Now, why do I want you to know that it's in Merriam? We're not fighting with people because they're close. Some churches wouldn't do that because it's. I'm not saying they're bad. I just I disagree with. There's enough people in Johnson County to reach, right? That we don't have to draw lines and say, well, you can't. We won't support you unless you're unless you're 20 miles away. Blake meets in the uh, Merriam Community Center, and uh, we've been supporting them for the past three years, and so we've given them another fifteen thousand dollars. And we say, thank you, Lord. How about $1,200? Uh, a friend of mine named Dave Parton is planning a church uh, in Overland Park called Neighborhood Church. And he sent me an email three weeks ago and said, Hey, Matt, would New City be willing to pay uh, one of our month's rent? They're about to move into an elementary school in or 2017. And their monthly rent for that, that building is 1200 bucks a month. And you, because of our generosity, I say ours because I'm involved in it too, because we're generous here, we said, Absolutely, we can do that. So we wrote Dave Parton a Neighborhood Church a $1,200 check this week so that they have a one-month paid-for of rent in 2017. Can we say, Thank you, Lord. Pretty cool. Ten thousand dollars. We gave ten thousand dollars to serve community church through a church planning organization we're with called New Thing Network, and we just they blessed him with that two weeks ago. Um, actually, Morgan Greer is the pastor. Morgan has spoke here uh, several months back, and uh, some of you actually have been going over and helping his church plant and get launched. But we were able to give Morgan ten grand. Thank you, Lord. Project HOME, this is totally fun, right? Because we haven't given them any money. All we've given them is space. Two times a month on Wednesday morning, we open up our building rent-free for the Shawnee Mission School District. And instead of me explaining what it is, let's watch this video. They do a much better job.
1: Project HOME stands for Housing Opportunities Move Everyone. And basically, it's a community partnership. So New City Church has graciously offered their facility for this partnership. And through Project HOME, it truly is a community project. Through this strategic plan, we can address the student wellness by providing a better environment for them at home, providing the supports for the students and family. We have everything from qualifying for food stamps, uh, providing housing, financial assistance for utility, clothing, health care, mental health, and we even have one um, organization who provides child care. I am Robin Bell, Director of Family Services with the Shawnee Mission School District. I'm Rachel Dressler. I'm the social work intern for the Shawnee Mission School District and Project Home. I'm David Armovich, social worker with McKinney-Vento at Shawnee Mission School District. On behalf of Shawnee Mission School District, we'd like to thank New City for their involvement and leadership with our Project Home. Do know that you make a difference for our students, our most fragile students and family in our district. Thank you. Thank,
0: thank you. you. Thank you, Lord here's some of the things that we've done. So it's only been going since August, and here's basically what it is. You got a lot of families that are in crisis in the Shawnee Mission School District. They have a lot of different varying needs, and instead of having the families drive all over different parts of the city for different needs, all of these agencies come here two times a month, every other Wednesday. They set up their tables, they bring in their stuff, and families come to one place to get all of their potential needs met. And so uh, since August... uh, Now, I say we because we give them the space, right? That video that they show, by the way, wasn't made for us. The little thank you was, but that first one was what they showed to the whole district about Project Home. And so, man, just so you know, we have a tremendous reputation in our city. Thank you, Lord. Right? Does anybody know a church that doesn't have a good reputation? yeah I do, and no man we 're going we 're going to be a light in the dark right we 're going to continue to do good things, so this are just some ways that people have received help through the different agencies uh forty one hundred dollars been given away towards rent uh clothing utilities emergency relief right food pantry uh, this is what 's fun is people uh, have been homeless that have been housed right being able to come here and able to uh, get their potential needs met. And so it was just really, really fun. And um, I'm just really, here's how that came about. I don't even know how I heard about this project home. It hadn't even started yet. And somebody told me something about the, I don't even, honestly, I don't, it could have been an angel called me. I don't remember who it was, all right? And I called David Armovich because I knew David from a previous uh, meeting time. And I said, hey, I hear that you guys are uh, looking for a place to host this thing and i said dude new city would love to allow you to use our property and he's like are you serious? i go of course man rent free we want to be a blessing to these families and so like you know dude that yeah right why wouldn't we why wouldn't we do that and i'm excited to see where it goes even further here's another way that we've given our, our property away every Saturday morning. Some of you might have participated in this, but Kingdom Living, which is the Messianic Jewish congregation, they meet right here at 10 o'clock every Saturday. Has anybody ever been and worshiped with them on a Saturday morning? Cindy has, Traylon Anita, uh, Nick, I would um, Miss Ann uh, has over here. I would encourage you to go and check that out. It's, a, it's such a different environment, but man, I love going. I've been. I should raise my hand. right. Actually, their pastor, Richard Cleary, is going to be preaching on December the 18th here during our, our Christmas series. He's going to be here uh, t- teaching about peace. So it's going to be fun to uh, you'd be able to introduce him. But I asked him, so we gave them zero dollars. Like, we're giving it to him for free, right? That's, why are we doing that? I was thinking uh, with the elders, how do we bless Israel? I mean, do you just like write a check to Israel? I didn't know what to do. So I asked Charlie, I'm like, hey, do we know of a, a church in town that is reaching, uh, as as much as they know how to, our Jewish neighbors for the message of Jesus Christ? And he said, hey, but Kingdom Living Kingdom Living does. So I sent him an email, asked him to call me back. This guy, Richard, come to find out he's their pastor, calls me and says, uh, hey, I got your email, just wanted to call. And I said, yeah, I said, "Um, wanted to know if you wanted to move your congregation to New City Church on Saturday mornings, uh, no rent. We'd, get, we'd like to bless you with free rent. What? Wow. Wow. I mean, wow. He just keeps saying wow, all right? Wow. And so I'm looking, you know, in Hebrew, if wow means something, I don't know. <laughs> but he, yeah, but he, he tells me, he says, Matt, our elders have been praying for the last six months on where we need to go because we're running out of space where we currently are. And so, man, God's just been good. And listen, man, you can't outgive God, folks. And so, what are the total dollars that New City has given this year? We've given $78,000, $78,900 to our local and global missions. Is that not fantastic? Amen. Amen. Let's just give God a hand. So if, any, if, you, if you are an occasional giver, if sometimes you drop $5 in the plate or if you're kind of in the land that I live, if you're faithful to the tithe and beyond, when we do those things, church, these, you're, we're making a difference in the lives of so many different types of people. And I want you to know that about your church, right? I, I have no problem standing up here and asking you to be faithful with your tithes and offerings because I've seen God be faithful and re- return to my family by doing so, right? Right? And I know how we use those resources. You've heard me say, and, and we're gonna take our offering today at the end of service, but I mean, I'm, I'm just bold in this stuff because I know a lot of people don't trust churches with their money. But you have to hear me say this. I nor this church will not be your excuse for not being a generous person. If you don't trust a church with your money, that's totally fine. But you gotta give it to people. That, you, that isn't your excuse to hold it and spend it on you. So if you don't trust us, then pick the family, pick the friend, pick the organization that you love and give resources to them. But to say, oh, I don't trust New City with my money, so I'm going to go buy more stuff for Christmas, that's the wrong answer. That's the wrong posture. And so, but, I, I, but if that is you, if you call New City Church home and you don't yet trust us with your hard-earned money, come talk to me. I would love to hear why and let you ask all the questions that you want to ask. But if you don't want to do that, I would just encourage you to sit back and watch and what I just shared with you. Man, we're not yet five years old, guys, and $78,000 this year. I love being a part of this. I'm biased. I planted it, right? But I love being a part of this church. That's where we are. I want to tell you where we're going. So if we got the outcome coming up that we're going to be a church made up of extremely generous people, the truth is this, not everybody in this congregation is extremely generous, right? Some of us struggle with that. Some of us aren't yet in the place where we trust God with everything that we have. And so we're going to have to have some clear and honest conversations over the next three years for us to be a church made up of extremely generous people. Right now, I would say your church organization is an extremely generous place. Like, we receive the offerings, and I think we use those things very wisely for our, our, our people who are part of New City Church that have needs and for those outside these walls. But we're, we're going we're to switch it up a little bit going forward. Uh, next year, in 2017... There are five months that have a fifth Sunday. You guys understand that, right? There are certain months that there's a fifth Sunday. On each one of those, so five times in 2017, we're going to do something very much like what we're doing today. Instead of budgeting, instead of budgeting in 2017 where our missions, local and global missions money is going, we're going to put the ball back in the church's court, and we're going to strive to do this. So on first thing is this. On every fifth Sunday, we're going, five times next year, we're going to provide opportunities for missional movement. Meaning, we're going to do something similar to the chicken drop. We're going to do something that allows you to come and partner with us. Because, right, like, um, it, everybody loves the idea of going and serving, but we want everybody else to do it. And we're going to give you opportunities to go to be a church on mission, to serve your neighbors, to get outside of your little comfort zone in a variety of ways. And our goal on that is that 70, 75% of our adults are doing that. Now, we're not even going to hit that today. I'm guessing that some of you know the chicken drops at 3 o'clock, but you've already determined in your mind and head, for whatever reason, that you're not coming back. And I'm not going to give you a spiritual wedgie. I just know that's the truth, right? You're not, you're, you will not. You've already decided you're not coming back at 3. But I'm going to tell you, over the next three years, I'm going to start giving you spiritual wedgies, right? Because we want to be a church that not only supports financially mission, but a church that does it. Uh, one of our guys that helps in the tech, Doug, asked me today, hey, will we ever have a chance to go on a missions trip to Thailand? Absolutely. If you want to do that, we'll make that happen, right? But we want to do missional movement opportunities. So something like today, Fifth Sundays, we're going to organize something where the church body gets to go and do a, and bless in a really cool, unique way. Number two, on every Fifth Sunday, in addition to our teaching and worship, we will, we're going to collect a specific offering where 100% of those funds given on that day will go, all 100% will go to outside, local, and global missions. So it won't go to utilities. It won't go to salaries. It won't go to... Uh, missions or ministries involved at New City. And our goal for the next, for 2017 is to go from $78,000 to $100,000. That's a pretty good little jump, right? But what that means next year on five Sundays, in addition to our regular scheduled tithes and offerings, we're going to give, we're going to be generous and we're going to get uncomfortable. And we're going to give in between Shawnee and Edgerton, we're looking for five offerings next year that exceed or equal or exceed $20,000 each. And all the monies that are given on those Sundays are going to go to support our local and global missions. And we're going to, we're going to, we could budget it. We could budget it and say, hey, well, here's what the organization's going to do. No, 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 no. Either we're going to be an extremely generous church or an extremely generous church office. You see the difference? We've been an extremely generous church office office, as you guys have given your resources, but in 2017 and going forward, we're putting the ball back in your court, and on a specific day, five times next year, we're going to say, hey, do you care about what we're about to do? And if so, how are you going to give? How are you going to give to that? Is that cool? So that's where we're going, and we're going to, so we're going to give you opportunities to serve, and we're going to give you specific opportunities to give in addition to your weekly. We're not going to stop offerings the rest of the time. Let me be clear, right? We're still going to have our weekly tithes and offerings that I want you to be faithful to. I'm going to be faithful to those. But today, Matt Miller gave, and his wife Jen and our, our kids, we gave a, a certain amount above our normal tithe and offering. So we know what we typically give, and today we, give, we gave above and beyond that because it's our Thanksgiving Day offering. We're going to do five of those next year. Can we say thank you, Lord? Lord. I'm excited to see what God does. I really am. So that's the reality. It's where we're going. Now let me tell you a scary story. All right. Now, there are times when I read the scriptures and I get a little aggravated because I would love to have had the conversation with the men who put the Bible together on why they did certain things. And one of those times is when you read Acts chapter 4 and Acts chapter 5. Because when you read a chapter in the Bible, if you're reading chapter 4, there's a switch that clicks in your head at the end of 4 before you pick into chapter 5. It's just hard. It's like this reset. But Acts chapter 4 at the end of it, in Acts chapter 5, they should be in the same chapter. And so this morning, I put it in your insert as one flowing story. And so let's read about what happens here. Acts chapter 4, starting in verse 32. Some of the believers... All right, there we go. Good. You pick on that, not some, all of the believers of this earliest church, this first church, at this point they're at 5,000 people, OK? All of the believers were united at heart and mind, and they felt that what they owned was not their own. So they sh- there was no mine, this is mine, this is mine. This is mine, right? Everything they had, they felt that everything they had, uh, that what they owned was not their own, so they shared everything that they had. The apostles testified powerfully to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and God's great blessing was upon them all. There were no needy people among them because those who owned land or houses would sell them and bring the money to the apostles to give to those in need. What's the next two words? For instance, now here Luke's going to tell us a story. He says, for instance, there was a man named Joseph, one of the apostles nicknamed him Barnabas, which means the son of encouragement. Joseph was from the tribe of Levi and came from the island of Cyprus. He sold a field he owned and brought the money to the apostles. That's pretty cool, right? Now, if you read it right in your Bible, it goes to chapter 5. And so you, your switch flips in your head and you go, okay, new story. Same story, right? They talk about all the good things and start in verse 32. For instance, this guy Joseph, the next one is what? But there. Dun, 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 dun. All right? Look at your friend and say, skip. Right, right. You have, for instance, Joseph who did something very generous, right? But there was a certain man named Ananias who, with his wife Sapphira, sold some property. He brought part of the money to the apostles, here's his sin, claiming it was the full amount. With his wife's consent, he kept the rest. Then Peter said, Ananias, why have you let Satan fill your heart? You lied to the Holy Spirit and you kept some of the money for yourself. The property was whose? Yeah, it was his stuff, right? The property was yours to sell or not, sell as you wished. And after selling it, the money was also who? Yours, right, to give away. How could you do such a thing like this? You weren't lying to us, but lying to? Yeah, right? So you got Joseph, who sold this and brought it and said, hey, here. But Ananias, right, is going to simply just straight up lie and say, oh, yeah, yeah. I did the same thing. Me too. Me too. You didn't lie to us, but to God. As soon as Ananias heard these words, he fell to the floor and died. Well, that doesn't sound very loving. Well, where isn't, is right? I mean, this is where some of us flip out. Well, that doesn't sound like something God would do. That doesn't sound very spiritual. The dude dropped dead. Scary. They're not scary, right? He drove. the floor and died. Everyone who heard about it was terrified. Duh, right? We brought body bags today. I don't know if you know this. Um, they were terrified. Would that not freak you out? Like, if you, imagine if you had been talking to your wife over lunch. Baby, I know we want to give that money, but man, that's a lot of money. Why don't we just, I know we told them, I know we told them, but let's just, and then that happens, hey, forget what we said. We're going to add another zero, babe. Add another zero, right? Good gravy, right? Then some young men got up, wrapped him in a sheet, and took him out and buried him. About three hours later, his wife came in, not knowing what had happened. Peter asked her, "'Was this the price that you and your husband received for your land?' "'Yes,' she replied. "'That was the price.' And Peter said, "'How could the two of you even think of conspiring to test the Spirit of the Lord like this?' "'The young men who buried your husband are just outside the door, and they will carry you out too.' Instantly she fell to the floor and died." When the young men came in and saw that she was dead, they carried her out and buried her beside her husband. Great fear, and again, the church says, duh, all right? Great fear gripped the entire church and everyone else who heard what had happened. Now, a couple quick principles in this, right? First of all, God doesn't make you make a vow. This is important. We talked about this during the teachers gathering this Thursday. We we always kind of go through our teaching rehearsal and get coaching from other teachers on our team. God doesn't ask you to make a vow. In, in uh, Corinthians chapter two, uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 8, Paul talks about each person should choose in his own heart what he's going to give. And you don't give out of being uh, your arm twisted or out of guilt for God loves a cheerful giver. But if you decide to do something and you tell God you're going to do it and you make a vow, then guess what? God holds you to that vow. And so that's why like, if you're saying, hey, I feel like I need to start this time of fasting, okay, process that. Because once you say, God, I'm going to fast for 5, 10, 40 days, and then you get to 40 minutes into it and you're starving to death, and you're like, I don't know if I want to do it. It doesn't matter if you want to or not because you told God you were going to do something, right? I mean, you've got to think this through. Oh, well, wouldn't God easily forgive it? Wouldn't God? I'm just saying there are a lot more stories in scriptures about people uh, uh, committing and fulfilling their vow than those who break it and God's okay with it, Right? And so when it comes to your generosity, whether it's your time, whether it's your talents that you're serving in ministry, or it's actually money that you're giving, be careful that you don't say something to God, make this covenant commitment to God on what you're going to do. And then once you see how much it's going to be, you begin to freak out and pull back on it. That's why Jesus says, what king goes to battle and what man first builds a house without looking at the cost and seeing if I can actually commit what I'm going to do, right? That's why we're not taking the offering right now after I get done teaching. We're going to do two more worship songs in a minute and we're going to let you process what you're telling God. This is not an ongoing gift. It's a one-time gift. But here's the deal. Some of you, God is asking you to do something that you're bulking against because you don't think that you can possibly do that. And others of you, you're giving something today that you're not giving cheerfully. You're giving with a grudge because you don't want to give that much money. Man, God has been faithful to New City. Give with a cheerful heart. But if you make a commitment, be, be, a, be a faithful, committed giver. Now, in this story, I think it's a good comparison story. You have Ananias over here who uh, has money that he's pretending, and his wife is pretending to give more. And on the other side, you have this Joseph guy who gave it, and he gave it all, right? And, and his nickname was Son of Encouragement, so he was a pretty jolly guy, right? And so I want to give you some, uh, some steps to take. I want to give you some steps to take in your generosity because whatever, I know with a congregation this diverse, we're all on different steps. And so here's what I've got. In the orange box is the current step. Next to it is a, kind of a quick definition. And then in the black box is what you need to do if you're going to take a step up, okay? Some of us in this room were simply non-generous. And the hard description is you're stingy and you're needy. You all, you're all, here's the thing. Some of you, the only time you call your parents, the only time you call your friends, the only time you strike up a conversation with your pastors is because you want something or need something. I know that's hard to hear, but that's just true for some of us because we're greedy and we're stingy and we always think about ourselves. Here's the deal. If that's you, you need to start giving. You need to simply start giving. You need to get uncomfortable. You need to give some stuff away. You need to find a way to begin to bless people because right now money and that kind of thing has a hold on your life and and you're so self-focused. The only way to break that is to start giving money away. Oh man, I just want to pray about it. Good. You pray about it after you give it away, right? Because some of you have been praying for stuff for way too long. And God's like, I already answered your prayer in my word. I told you what to do. And you keep praying, hoping, my, hoping that my, my word changes. His word will not change. So you can keep praying about whatever it is that you want to pray about, but God's already answered your prayer. Just you don't want to read the words because you don't want to do what he says. I don't know. Okay. The next step, self-promoting. This is those of us who give equity building. Like you'll serve, but you serve and you want the pat on the back for your time of service. You'll give money, but you want the placard that says this building's named after you. Ouch. Right? Well, I just want a little recognition. I just want the you know, I said pat ourselves on the back. and You're like, oh, I can't wait to do that. <laughs> right? Right? Here's, here's the deal. If that is you, a way that you can take a step from here to the next one is, shh, do stuff and don't tell anybody about it. Don't let your left arm know what your right arm is doing. Go volunteer your time and don't put it on Facebook. Don't tell people what you did. Write a check and don't tell anybody except your spouse who's going to wonder where the money went, right? Like, don't do something to get a... Don't, don't do stuff. Like, some of us love to tell people what we do because it makes us feel good. It's our identity. And we like to communicate what we give, how we serve, what we accomplish. Because when people go, oh, wow, it makes us feel good. Don't be self-promoting in your generosity. Take another step. What's the next one up? Doing good. I give because, man, I just feel like I'm doing good. This is our Catholic friends, right? Ca- I need to do this. I need to balance the scales in my life. So uh, I feel a little bit of guilt, so I better give more to balance out this stuff, right? And so I'm going to give. It's guilt releasing. Here's the deal. I put get to. Start giving because you get to, not because you ought to. Start giving because you get to, not because you have to. Like some of us, man, this is going to be such a you're gonna, how I got to give. Is that right? I had the awesome opportunity that God had blessed us with resources that Jen and I and the girls in Luke, we got we got to give this morning. I didn't have to. It wasn't the conversation with my wife, oh crap, hon, what do we want to do? I can't get up there and talk about it, and not do it. You know? No way, man. I can't outgive God. I get to do this. Right? And just because I add another zero to my tithe doesn't mean, doesn't mean that all my sins now are covered because of my money. My sin is covered because of Jesus Christ. Right? And so uh, God's not going to be looking at your bank account when you, when you get to the pearly gates. Right? He's going to be noticing if you're covered in the blood. Right? Here we go. Next step up is safe. This is your calculated giver. Right? It's your calculated giver. You, you're very faithful. You're very consistent. You're going to give. New City can count on you. But uh, I, I would say that uh, you, you need to test God. That's the only time. Money is the only area in the scripture where God says to test me. Just test me in this. Just try. Take a step. I'm not asking you to go from here to here. I'm just asking, ask the Lord what is he asking you to do, right? Now, here's the, you got to, this is the maturity here, not what is Pastor Matt asking you to do. What is, the, what is God saying to you? Because if you're safe, I'm, I'm guessing around this area, you probably know a percentage that you're giving. Uh, you're probably, you might even be a tither. And so I view the tithe as not the finish line but the start of the race, so the tithe isn't the finish line. Woo, made it. I'm a tither for lifer. No, 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 no. That's the start for the Miller family on what God wants us to do. That's, that's just my, my, my opinion, my belief, right? And so, but man, how can you begin to ask God, hey, God, what, what might you want me to do? Uh, I have a little note card written in my, um, in my Jeep that says, is there currently a need that I'm aware of that I'm not meeting? And if so, why? Right? Because New City's getting my tithe. They're getting my tithe plus. But that doesn't mean that I'm done. See, uh, see a family need that God pokes them heart. Oh, already gave. Off the hook. No, man, no. Look at this next step. The next step would be principled. This is a little bit, you're even more planned, right? Like this may be even more so of the percentage. And I would, uh, I, I, I actually mistyped here, okay? I don't want you to plan some paid. I want you to plan some pain. Like plan to be uncomfortable in 2017. What does that mean? One percentage up, two percentages up in your giving. Like, plan for some pain in your life. but Schedule in, right, if you're a budget. Miller family works on a budget. We, we tell our money what to do. It doesn't tell us what to do, right? We tell every dollar where to go, all right? Right to heaven, right? We tell it where to go. And, and so, but plans for some pain. Hey, we're going to increase, and so that means if we're going to increase, we have to figure out this over here, right? I might not be able to buy every video game this year, Right? I might not be able to do certain things. I know they're, they're tough decisions, right? They're real decisions that you have to make. The next one is sacrificial, right? And this is where you're a surrendering person. This is what a great place to get to. Where you, Right here is you're starting to scratch the itch that everything that you have, your life, your house, your stuff, everything belongs to God. And it's just his, right? And so this is where you ask God to see more through his eyes, God, I just want to see more through your eyes. Let me see more opportunities because my car, to my life, to my time, to my wealth, all of it's yours, how might I use it for your glory? And finally, you have kingdom living generosity, right? Kingdom living, where it's full life, 24-7, generous living. And if that's you, if that's where you are right now, man, just soak it up. Enjoy life. Man, you're in the sweet spot. But I know that's very few of us, right? I'm not there yet because I still find myself, well, this is my time. I find myself saying, what's my time? I see it. Well, I mean, I find myself saying this. Really, God? I've already given. So- really? I've already done all this, and now you want me to talk to this knucklehead? Right? Or do you already gave all this, and you're now you're asking for right? I'm not there yet. I'm just being honest. I'm not there. And, man, growing up is hard to do, especially in your money, because you kind of get set in your ways. Here's my question to each of us. What step are you on? And are you willing to step up? If we could go back sir, just real quick. I might want to keep that up for just a little bit. There's the question. You what know, well, steps are you standing on? But if you were to see that tonight, today, if you were to see that, just where, where, are, you, where are you standing, right? And then how would you take a step up? Because the only way that New City Church becomes a, a church of extremely generous people is if we each choose to take a step up. That's the only way. If just three of us do it, well, we might have an extremely generous small group. But if we want to be an extremely generous church, man, we have to, each of us has to decide, Lord, in 2017, I'm taking a step up. Some of you are saying I'm taking two steps where I am. Listen, if you're here, let me love you hard. Okay. If you're non-generous, you need to take a couple steps. If you're non-generous, here's what I can tell you about your life. When you pull into work every day, somebody goes, oh crap, they came back. I'm just telling you. If you're a non-generous person this week at Thanksgiving, when you pull up, they're going to be like, oh crap, because you didn't bring anything. You didn't help set up. You're not going to help clean up. You're going to eat and leave. Non-generous. I know, come on. We all know people that are going to do that this week, right? They're going to show up just in time to eat, and they're going to they're go out and smoke while everybody's cleaning up. I ain't against smoking. I'm, just, I'm against not cl- helping cleaning up. Now, i got to clean up because I said that. Way to go, Matt. <laughs> but where are we on this, and how do we take a step up in the right in the right direction? The band's going to be coming up. We're going to watch this video, Bill and Mary Cobb. They shot this several weeks back. Just kind of their story. Uh, they're a faithful family at New City Church, and uh, in their generosity and in their time. And uh, let's kind of learn from, listen, these guys are doing it well, right? Like these folks here, uh, and I'm putting pressure on them, but that's okay. Um, they're faithful. And, uh, and actually, the reason I'm saying this is I, I've gotten to know their story, and God's doing something in their life and in their businesses and in their generosity that's inspiring, And if you're like, man, that's not happening for me, I would take these guys out to lunch and say, what are you doing that I'm not? Because God's truly blessing. So let's watch their story at this time.